I got a message for your American buddy. I'm your wife, damn it! Ah, would have to go up to the wives in the library or the supermarket and say hello. I am new here. I know, George, you think I don't know anything, but I know people. I get 18 years of my life to stand in the same spot as you. You want your file? I found you your file. You want it out? I got you out. You needed money? I found you some. Now, let's face it here. I've got to, you know, latch on to something in my life. Oh, yeah, you blind. No use to try to sweet talk me, Miss Scarlett. I know you ever since I put the first pair of diapers on you. Who was going to love me? Who, who was going to make me feel good? I wish I had a mother like me instead of nice. Nice gets you shit. I got a two-inch thick solo in steak. Sit and defrost and wait this minute. When you and Guy come over and supper with us tonight, what do you say? Welcome to another episode of the Best Supporting Podcast, a podcast dedicated to celebrating and dissecting the performances of our favorite Best Supporting Actresses. My name is Nick Kachanov, and the dog dies? And my name is Colin Drucker, and I did not know a dog was going to die. <gasps> had I you know. forgotten? I had, had forgotten. forgotten. I had completely forgotten. I hadn't seen this in so long, and then... Alas, I mean, we don't see it happen, but we do have yes. to, we do get a couple of shots of, you know, a somewhat believable little, you know, dog body. And it's a pretty upsetting moment in the movie for the, you know, the dog's mom. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's a, it's a good note to open with in this week's episode about Rear Window is just so you know, the dog dies. That's true. Yeah. Before anyone hits play. Yeah. Uh, and, and to be honest, I don't, I wasn't. I, I mean, yes, I never, ever, ever want to see a dog or any animal suffer or die on screen. But I I was mainly saying, I just thought that you had maybe known that and I was surprised you didn't let me know. So I was just, just razzing you, you know? Uh, no, you let me know. When you texted me, I was like... I did, yeah. <clears throat> I was like, oh, I, I better Google this. And so yes. uh, it was a bummer, but I was happy to see by the end of the movie they had gotten a new dog and... Yes. She seemed to be in good spirits, but, um, and at least there was a purpose to it. It was not, uh, it it advanced the plot and also kind of advanced the larger kind of like theme of of neighbors and, you know, paying attention to each other's business and being connected and whatnot. So like the dog died in honor of a, of a, of an interesting moment in the movie. Yes, it was crucial to the plot. It, it it almost had to happen. I hate saying it like that, but um, nonetheless, that's where we are. Yeah, and you know the upside of that scene uh, is that it it gave us a bit more of a focus on Jeff's neighbors, on Jimmy Stewart's neighbors, and you know while they are certainly not supporting characters, they're barely featured characters. By the end, I found them so fascinating, and I loved in that scene that we finally got like a couple of close-ups of like Miss Torso and Miss Lonely Heart, you know? Oh my gosh, I was so taken with like the world of Rear Window and like that whole entire na- like. I, I was trying to think of like other things in addition to this, but like if I could go and visit like movie sets of the past, like which, where would mm-hmm. I go first? And this is like top 10. Like I just would want to play and look at it. Cause I, I love that they built this from the ground up, right? Yeah. They this built, set. they like uh, removed a floor in the, in the studio. They basically opened up the basement so that they could start from the basement up to build this entire courtyard neighborhood 
And I believe I'd read that the building, I think, across the way, I mean, are, are all told there were 30 apartments and like 11 of them were fully functional with running water and furnished. I, know. I mean, it was like, yes. yeah, you could like go hang out there. It was it's fascinating. That is so cool to me. I was so interested in like the set design and like but it's so crucial at the same time too i wanted to be a part of this neighborhood even yeah. though like everyone kind of led their separate lives like i feel like i don't know i feel like i wish that's what my backyard looked like because i i don't have like a fire escape or anything like that but um it just was i feel like you know jimmy stewart's apartment too was like the prime location to see all this i just love that that was our lens yeah it's a really it's incredible that this didn't get nominated for like best set design because it's uh i think it's like or at the time it was like one of the biggest sets i think for paramount it was like the biggest set that they'd ever built at the time and it's just like so yeah it's so fascinating and so intricate and i think the fact that the movie is in color just like further benefits, like just how I felt like at times it kind of gave me like a West Side Story feeling, you know? Yeah, Keanu and I were talking about it because he walked in uh, probably in like the last 10 minutes. He watched this movie like in high school or something like that for English class. I don't know how the teacher spun that, but I mean, it's Hitchcock, whatever. Yeah. Um, I, but I, I think that there's, I just miss that sort of technicolor dreamy sort of vibrant like it's this movie is so lush and vibrant and beautiful to watch like everything pops it's like going from black and white to color in the wizard of oz but like it mm -hmm. starts in the in the wizard of oz um yeah or in oz excuse me not the wizard of oz but yeah. uh, you know what i mean yeah that's a different movie <laughs> yeah where it starts yeah, inside exactly. the wizard yeah it's uh, <laughs> i think i've seen him clip i'll of show that. you my rear window yeah. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I mean, I that was something I had not seen this in such a long time. I can't even remember, like, just, you know, years. Long enough to forget about the dog. And revisiting it again, I mean, that was my first, you know, take of this. was like, God, this movie is beautiful. And, yeah, I mean, obviously, the whole movie, we are, you know, we are voyeurs. We're inside Jeff's apartment, JB's apartment, you know, pretty much the entire time. And that's the view out into everything. And I think, or I guess I, I appreciate, you know, the attention to detail of the set and, the you know, the beautiful Technicolor because so much of this movie is just a, a visual experience. You know, it's not like an action-packed thrill ride. It's a lot of just about observation. Yeah, I... I I will start by saying I have never seen a lick of this movie. Not even a mm. clip, not a trailer, not anything, not even like a still. Wow. It, it only existed in my mind. So I pictured something. I pictured like either it was going to be in black and white or just like some dreary gray. Uh-huh. I thought it was like a neighborhood. Um, and granted, this is a neighborhood as well, but like a, a suburban neighborhood. I didn't picture it in the city. I pictured it like very... I don't know. I just pictured everyone just, you know, the houses were just far enough away, but close enough at the same time. So I was pleasantly surprised that this is, you know, it's it's kind of the opposite of that. Yeah, right. Like, it, it's so I think, you know, I love I love suburban intrigue. So, you know, the idea you had yes. in your mind could could be fabulous. But I get what you're saying is like there is the perception that this could be a much more flat experience and it's so much more dynamic. Yeah, I felt like this would make such a great play. I kept thinking that if, like, it would, except I kept thinking, 
what would be the because you'd have to come up with some really creative way to show the neighborhood you know and to show all the action like I what's so interesting about this movie is that in a lot of ways it functions like a stage play except all of the action is happening in the audience you know yeah it's like you are almost Jimmy Stewart's character like I picture some sort of like mechanism that just constantly rotates and Uh even like if there's like if you're in Jimmy Stewart's apartment you know that part it's almost like a two-tiered system or something or like his apartment is just like separate from everything else and like the rest of the apartments like turn around whenever like it's on Jimmy Stewart's apartment and then they kind of come back into life and they're just going through their stuff Um, yeah I don't know I I I feel like it'd be really fun to design that and kind of think about that Uh, yeah yeah like yeah this would be something that that I would want I would I would be excited by like a huge production of essentially like this movie, you know, where, you know, you you take this relatively small story, but it's a huge production around it uh, that I think is, uh, I mean, I think, you know, it's not like that's the only thing that makes this movie stand out. I found that there was, there was a lot that I had forgotten about rear window that I had kind of, I kind of written it off as a lot like, Jimmy Stewart's character, I had kind of just assumed that I remembered him correctly as just a straightforward, nice guy, you know, a good sense of humor, you know, an easy protagonist. And watching it this time, he's kind of a jerk. He's kind of a he's he's kind of fucked up. And I never really appreciated that like JB is is a very surprisingly complex hero, you know? Yeah, because he is, in many ways, the lens through the movie. You have to be rooting for him. But, like, in his love life, he, love life, he's just, like, kind of a grump. And he's like, oh, yeah, she's pretty, she's beautiful, but she's not for me because I'm a photographer and she's not going to want to go to, you know, this place and that place. And, and I kind of get that, you know, that sort of long-distance mm-hmm. relationship. But, like, he's not even really... I, 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 my opening line was almost shut up the way he says shut up to her like twice in a row I'm like oh I, yeah he's you very... really don't like her or you're just really pushing her away go ahead yeah. no yeah I mean I, it, it's he's very dismissive of her and it's a uh, I think that relationship you know it, it it's almost it, it it's a sign of the times but it's almost a little disappointing how much really the, the message is that she kind of acclimates to him, you know? Yeah. But then, like, when he's not looking, she reads her fashion magazines at the end, you know? Um, but I thought that in the first half of the movie, that the way that he was pushing her away, and then obviously the all of the little micro moments and notes that Grace Kelly was playing in response to that, it was, like, really fascinating and kind of dark. I was like, wow, this is yeah. not... It's not just, like, a straightforward love story later in the movie when you know she's in the Thorwald's apartment and she's getting attacked by Mr. Thorwald and he's just like you know JB's just like in his apartment going oh I don't really know what to do and it's just like you're just gonna sit there and watch your girlfriend get attacked like you're not gonna yell out the window you're not gonna do anything and I just yeah you know like I I think he's I think he's kind of fucked up A little. I mean, he's been isolated for so long. Besides just, like, hanging out with Thelma Ritter. Who wouldn't want that? Jeez. Well, yeah, Those massages. Right? We'll get into the massages. Yeah. Jeez. 
Hitchcock would have this thing called like the MacGuffin and it would be like the thing that sets all of the action in motion. And so if it was, mm. you know, there would be just a, say there's a, a briefcase with files in it and it goes missing and someone is now on the run and, and you never really find out what the files in the briefcase were and it never really matters because it's all about the chase and not about the files. And yes. so I wonder if the murder in some ways like it is the central driving energy of this movie but i feel like the murder in some ways is kind of a macguffin in that like rear window is about jb solving this crime but i think it's much more about voyeurism and much more about um you know that whole moment with the dog dying of like you know uh the way people can like live next to each other like this and can live in each other's space and just ignore each other. And that like someone could, if you're not paying attention, someone could be killing their wife across the way. Someone could be killing themselves a floor below, you know, like, yeah. And, and I think, you know, even Stella kind of makes this point or maybe uh, Lisa does of like, you know, it's really, you know, all of this is really only because we saw it. You know what I mean? Like, this stuff goes on all the time, and it's just because you're looking. That's all really interesting because, yeah, I I guess really you hear the murder. You never see it. You hear, like, that crash and someone scream no. And that's mm-hmm. really all you hear. And you know that – but the, I think the smart thing is, like, you really don't know if they did murder or if he did murder his wife. And yeah. that's kind of – like the audience doesn't know. And I think that's like a really smart plot point because you're just kind of left wondering because, you know, of course his police friend comes in and like, no one really believes him, but like it's possible. Anything is possible in this neighborhood. And, and like people are capable of doing the unthinkable right in front of your eyes. And I love that this place, uh, this takes place in summertime because it's, I mean, it wouldn't be the same story if it took place in winter. You have to have that sort of like blinds up, windows open sort of situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And there's just that like New York in the summer, everything is just kind of like hazy and heavy and humid and yeah. just like perfectly fits the situation. So we have mentioned their names, but I think we should dive in. I, I think that we'll get to Thelma Ritter because I think there's just a classic BSA. Going into this, I could not remember if Grace Kelly would have been considered like a co-star, like a lead in this role or supporting. It feels a little supporting to me. I mean, it's the star is Jimmy Stewart. And then I felt like, you know, Grace Kelly, it was a little bit more of a supporting role. A great one. We love supporting roles. We have a whole podcast about them, actually. But uh, you're listening (laughs) to it right now. But uh, I don't know. What was your take? Yeah, if I if I had to categorize them, I would say like Stella, who is Thelma Ritter's character, is is definitely almost like an assistant to the BSA, quite literally. Especially mm-hmm. when they're like uh, in the last like twenty five minutes of this movie, and yeah, it I don't think it has. It's almost like Psycho, right? Like even Janet Lee was like supporting, and you know the other girl that was like. Uh, gosh, I forget all, all their Peter names Miles. right now. It's like, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like they, I don't think I would have, there is no lead character. It's like the lead character in Psycho is like Norman Bates as his mother, you know? And I, right. I think maybe that seems to be, 
I, I almost said that seems to be a trend in Hitchcock films. Like I've seen so many, but I don't know. Could you speak to that? Like I'm assuming, you know, I, yeah. feel, I feel like the birds and other and Vertigo, like maybe those are movies with leading women. I'm imagining. So the birds is definitely like Tippi Hedren is definitely the lead in that. And so yeah. that firmly has a lead woman in it. But a lot of them like North by Northwest, there was a lot of like the Hitchcock blonde. And so it'd be a woman who showed yeah. up 40 minutes into the movie and then be, becomes kind of the, you know, the accomplice to the hero and, and is, you know, then in peril in the climax and all of that. Um, I mean, in ways like the set is the star. And yeah, like, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Like what you're seeing is meant to be. I don't want to say more important than the characters, but um, they're equal in a way. Mm -hmm. I think it's just really interesting. I've never, I had to pause this movie probably like 20 minutes before it ended because I was watching it while I was working um, and I had a meeting or something <laughs> yeah. like that. But I couldn't wait to go back and see because I, I literally knew, I, I figured something was going to happen, like a scuffle at the end. Because I, I heard you and Johnny talking about it um, on All Right, Mary and you said something, maybe he did, or like, oh my gosh, when Grace Kelly goes into that apartment at the end, so I was prepared for that. But I, I just didn't know how, like, or if the murderer was going to, like, get into Jimmy Stewart's apartment, and, like, was he actually going to kill him at the end? So it was, with with all that being said, like, it's it's quite, like, thrilling, because it's a slow burn, a mm -hmm. really slow burn. It is, and I, I once it gets to the, you know, really the whole set piece of, uh, of Grace Kelly sneaking into the Thorwald's apartment and then him coming home. I mean, it's so tense. And like, yeah. even her dropping off the letter and like they're kind of playing cat and mouse of her, you know, he's looking down and she and then she runs the other way. And it's like, it, it's one of the things that I love about this movie that doesn't always happen, you know, uh, in movies from the 50s in general, but even Hitchcock movies where, you know, particularly because Jimmy Stewart's stuck in a wheelchair, uh, Lisa gets to really be a part of the action and she really gets to be in the action. And like, sometimes you don't get that. Sometimes, oh, you know, she got kidnapped and now she's held hostage and now he has to save her and she doesn't get to do anything. You know what I mean? And I, yes. I love in, in Rear Window, it's like, eventually it's, it's Grace Kelly and Thelma Ritter, you know, running around in the dark, digging up gardens and climbing <laughs> yeah, up fire, no. fire escapes. Like, that's amazing. Yes. I do love that I, because, I mean, another just brilliant thing that Hitchcock does is like we don't ever leave his apartment. You never see like because I thought once um, her name is it looks like Lisa, but it's Lisa. Correct? Lisa. I, I mean, which is so interesting to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Lisa. Which is fine. Yeah. I just wanted to. That was more of like a question more than a declarative sentence there. But I. uh I was just I thought maybe once she got into the the apartment across the way that they wouldn't then do a shot of her in the apartment from that vantage point. But they never do. Right. So right. I, I just love that that was uh, I don't know. You never leave it. You never. leave. Yeah. The and I guess, you know, even though I'm criticizing him for just sitting there when she's getting attacked, there is that sense of like helplessness of, you know, what could he even do? Because I guess there's also the problem of if he yells out. And then Thorwald knows he's involved. Oh, and yeah. so then it just kind of continues to create a problem. But uh, yeah, I like that we're, we as the audience are always basically stuck with him. And yet I, I don't, you know, as I said before, I think he's kind of a jerk. I don't identify with him. Yeah, I think I'm less invested in JB and I'm more invested in actually just like 
like the story and like what he's what he's leading us to if if that makes sense like i'm not yeah. like he's you know we are seeing it through his eyes obviously like he's the one that kind of leads us there and like i but i i'm not really I don't know if I am rooting for him or like, is that even, does that have, do I have to be rooting for anyone? You know what I mean? Like, is that just like right. a prerequisite now for any movie? Like likability and all those words that we throw around nowadays to of, of just like who they are off screen and on screen. Um, I just find him kind of neutral. I don't, but yeah. also a little bit whiny. <laughs> so right. I'm just like, all right. So let's talk about Grace Kelly. Um, yes. Had you had you ever seen her in anything before this? I don't think I have. And I'm going to look at her IMDb right now. I have it opened. Um, you know, a lot of classic movies that she's in, but I have not seen. No, I really haven't. So this was great. I'm glad that I got to be introduced to her in this movie for a variety of reasons. I feel like she's naturally just like she's a star like yeah in every sense of the word like the outfits that she wears like i want to i want to go to like a costume museum and like see these like i would go to that exhibit if there was like a rear window grace kelly exhibit like somewhere in la i would totally make that stop on the tour and see these costumes because she is so beautiful the costumes are so beautiful and i think she's just a real natural and I, I, I mentioned yeah. the word likability before, too, but, like, she is likable. She is. I, you know, I, I think it'd be very easy to, if you if you weren't familiar with her, to just kind of assume, oh, she's, you know, she's beautiful and she's, you know, very, you know, there's there's a charm, but is she, you know, but is there nuance there? You know what I mean? Like, is sure. there more there? Sure, sure. And, yeah, she's incredibly likable in a way that I... I found myself just like swooning over her. And do you know the yeah. story about her, about what ended up happening with, with Grace Kelly? I don't think I do. Go on. So she was obviously a huge movie star. She was in Rear Window. It came out in 1954. She was also in The Country Girl. She won an Oscar for. And then she did a few more movies up till 1956. And then she eventually left Hollywood and she married the Prince of Monaco and she became the Princess of Monaco. Oh yes. Yeah. This is Which, this is coming this is coming back to me now and I feel like I know this because of Lady Watch. Um, uh, so yeah, I'm Jason, sure they've talked also, about thank it. You. Yeah. Yeah, that's so interesting to me. Yeah. Wow. So uh oh god, and she no, oh, she died in a car accident. Oh, that's a bummer. Oh yikes. Yeah, she died at fifty two in a car accident. Oh, on my mom's birthday. Whoa. <laughs> All right. Well, too close to home. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say, the spirit of Grace Kelly lives on through your mom. Yeah, yeah. right? Ugh, well, you know. I often wonder that, that, like, who died on my birthday? If you really think of, like, you know, I guess this is this is a total tangent of maybe, like, borderline, like, reincarnation of, like, you know, souls. And, and I'm, not, I'm I'm making up my own definition of reincarnation mm-hmm. right now too. So I'm I'm but like who you know like what celebrity or is there a famous artist or musician that like died the day I was born? I tried like googling it one night when I was stoned. I was like, I think I'm gonna find this out, and I couldn't find anyone. Spoiler alert. Ugh, and you could find out that you were the reincarnation of you know, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, like, what's your past life like? Do yeah. you ever have those thoughts? Like, do you ever feel like you were something in a past life? I, that's a good question. I, I've never 
I don't think I've ever thought about or like felt strongly that I had a past life, but I'm open to it. Which what a pageant answer. Yeah, <laughs> maybe, no, that's okay. I, maybe a better way to question this or, or to phrase this question is like, do you have a certain skill that you like just? you don't even have to think about it. Like the first time you did it or like you, you did like, is it a sport? Is it a, a sort of like a, a creative pursuit? Like that you're just like, Oh yeah, I know how to do this. And, and like uh, inexplicably. Uh-huh. And maybe yeah. you don't have the answer for that either. I you mean, know? I, I feel like that would be writing. I feel like that was something that was always sure. like, and obviously like, you know, when I first started writing when I was nine, I mean, it was not, you know, there were no book or awards showing up to the house, obviously. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, there was like a natural, like, just drive to keep doing it and to keep getting yeah. better at it. And, like, no one had to push me to do it. And I, I, I wish I was still like this. I was so prolific, which is like a big word for a 12 year old, you know, to be applying to a 12 year old. But, like, sure. I wrote books. I wrote, yeah. I wrote like three books. I mean, like no one's gonna read them. I wrote like five books. I mean, I, and and it just became a thing that was just like there, you know, something that I just wanted to do and like found a natural kind of ear for. I, I don't know. I feel like I'm talking myself. No, it, yeah, I, I, it's, it's. There's no way to answer this question without sounding like you're bragging too. Yeah, you know what I mean. But you're just you're stating the facts. You're answering my question too. So yeah, go on. Yeah, I so that's feel, yeah. yeah. And I have no idea where it came from, and it or or what it. It just felt like a thing I needed to do one day, and I and I started doing it. You know. Yes. 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 What's your it's, What's your inexplicable talent? I don't talent? know. I. I find myself like the jack of all trades, but master of none. Like, I feel like I dabble in like everything and whether that's just like my ADHD or just like my urge to do something new and exciting every six months, you know, Mm. I I don't know. But I feel like uh, one thing that I really have been surprised at is like my facility for languages. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like I can pick up stuff real quick. And like, I feel like really didn't like truly know about it until like I met Keon and he started teaching me a little bit of Arabic and I and it's hard like it is so hard and like I believe me I am not like I'm not fluent there are so many things that are so difficult about that language too but like I can I don't know I just started picking it up and like I I have tried several times with like Rosetta Stone and Spanish and stuff like that and I felt like I got like to a really good level of like conversational Spanish. And then it's hard to keep pushing yourself towards Mm -hmm. that. But right. That would be like when people say, what would you want your superpower to be? Like, I would want to be able to speak every language. I think that would be so cool because Mm. it's the universal. Like, I don't, I just think it's cool to like talk about someone in another language. I think that's like the perk of knowing another language is you can talk shit on someone like right next to you as long as, yeah. as long as they don't speak it. But, um, yeah, I was just yeah, saying you I could mean, travel I... anywhere. You're like, well, I could just talk shit to, in front of people. Both <laughs> yeah, are benefits. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there's that. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I obviously love music. I think like when I was in college, we had to learn all of the instruments. Mm-hmm. And the only one that really gave me trouble, I think, were flute and French horn. But even with that, it just took me like 30 minutes of really concentrated practice, like just getting sound out of it, I think. And beyond that, it's like I could pick up anything and and know mm-hmm. how it works with some guidance. Of course, I don't just pick up a guitar. And I mean, guitar was actually one of the hardest instruments for me, too. But those are the two things, again, without sounding too like braggy about it. But I think there's something to that. 
I think it's interesting that you were a voice teacher, but you don't consider singing to be like in that in that realm. Yeah, I I. That's a good question. I mean, that's probably even a more. It's probably how you felt about writing too, because mm-hmm. that is your that is your mode of transportation in the right. arts is like you're mm-hmm. that you're a writer and like on paper I'm a singer because that's what I that's what I studied too but like I feel even more I know that I have a great voice and I know that like I have an above average voice but like there's always going to be that voice in the back of my head that like knows and accepts that like I am not the best by any mm-hmm. means either too yeah. and I think like cuz I studied classical voice so it's like opera is you hear like real opera singers and then you hear me and like I can kind of get there. But like my voice is not I think you really have to be blessed with a specific instrument. Um, but and that's right. kind of why I, I love musical theater for that. Because like, you don't need it. Uh, I mean, you do and you don't. You still need technique and you still need to be able to sing. But um, yeah, I, that's like kind of my short answer, I guess. Yeah. And so do you feel like that those those kind of like innate skills are a hint of a past life. Is that what inspired that question? Yeah, I guess that uh, to kind of like, yeah, to button this up, I guess too. I think that there's something, I feel like I'm some sort of like, I don't know, artist in the Renaissance that kind of like did stuff, like just did a whole bunch of stuff and was Mm -hmm. really good at a whole bunch of stuff, but like never to the point of mastery. I feel like that's always what I'm, if I'm really to like, to think hard about, if I've ever mastered singing or mastered like an instrument, like I, I feel like I can get by and that's nothing to like, you know, I'm not trying to cut myself down at the same time too. Like I, I am proficient in a lot of things, but um, I just want to be really, really good at one thing, you know? Yeah. How did we, how did we even get there? I don't your mom, know. I, I, your mom I, was born. My mom, Grace Kelly died. Yeah. It wasn't the exact same day. It was just the same day of the year. So it was like, Oh yeah. Okay. So, you know, uh, yeah, she, she died in 1982. My mom was born in 1958. So, Oh my know. gosh. So we went on this tangent for, I don't want to say nothing, but, uh, you know, yeah. I'm glad we went there. Yeah. We, yeah, we, <laughs> we may have followed a sign that took us down a path we didn't expect. Uh, but now we are looking in our rear just window. Just like JB. Just like JB in the <laughs> movie, right? Bring it on home. Bring it on yeah, home. Yeah, bring it on home. So um, I think, like, I would like to, you know, just to bring it back to Grace Kelly, I think that this is a phenomenal performance. I think it's very mm-hmm. subtle and very, it's, you know, uh, it'd be very easy for this to be a little one note and a little too genteel. And I just think there's a lot, you know, like when she sees Mr. Thorwald, you know, packing up that the the trunk and she realizes that, oh, you know, what JB's saying is correct. And the uh, there's this kind of like slow clo- zoom in on her face and just kind of the like very subtle face journey that she's going on. I feel like, you know, from what I've read, Alfred Hitchcock was a very hands off director, but I think it's really classic yeah. examples of like literally no one told her to do that like so much of what grace kelly did was just grace kelly doing what she thought was best and i feel like it just it's such a it's such a surprisingly captivating performance yeah i feel that it's just beneath the surface of a lot of things it's like she never allows herself you know you know she's not going to go to a 27 i don't think she ever really fully does in this movie and it's 
I can't remember. Maybe you know. I, I hate to put you on the spot too, but like, what is her story? Is she just like a rich girl that likes him? Like, how did they meet? Like, I, I'm I'm blanking on their backstory, and maybe you don't know either. So we could just like move yeah, on from it. I don't remember the story. I don't remember how they met, but yeah, indeed, yeah. she's like the Upper East Side, you know, uh, rich girl, a socialite, a socialite. Yeah, uh, a, sort of a you know. A real housewife in the making, if you will. Uh, <laughs> but this is just me desperately wanting to talk about housewives in our sure. after show. Um, <laughs> and then he's like, yeah, the like, you know, rough and tumble photographer living in the village, you know, traveling all the time, breaking his leg, all those sorts of things. But yeah, yeah I don't know how they met. Um, I don't I don't know what she's. Maybe more importantly, I don't know what she's so drawn to about him. Yes. Yes. You know, like. No, I think that's like they they very much paint her as this is someone who could have anyone that she wants and you know could meet men who would let her still live in the same Upper East Side world that she's used to and the lifestyle that she's accustomed to there would be no compromise you know and they don't suggest that Lisa's looking to get out of that world either and so it's kind of like well then what is it about JB because it's not as if he's particularly affectionate <laughs> you know like is she yeah. like what is she what is she yearning for here from this man you know i mean i guess we can all sympathize with the or sort of relate to the idea of like you want what you can't have am i right, right ladies like yeah, we've all right. been there and i feel like yeah i think it's the sense of adventure i think it's the sense of like she could she's kind of I feel in a lot of ways willing to go along for the ride until he really spells it out for her. And like the life that I live, like you wouldn't survive. Like mm -hmm. this is not, this is not a life you would be able to sustain. Like as much as you love me or in quotes, I guess, or want to be with me. But I don't know. She just kind of feels like she'd figure it out, I guess. Or maybe she'd stay behind every once in a while. Like she, I think she does love him. And even saying that sentence feels like I'm still not sure of it mm -hmm. as I even as I say that but I I know that she's you know she comes over she makes him dinner they you know they make out in his wheelchair every once in a while and she was going to spend the night at the end Colin I love oh that like the God. landlord has to know about that that is yeah. <laughs> so silly Yeah I mean I'm assuming he was joking but uh you know like also she's staying over it's like 95 degrees out and she's got like a three piece nightgown on it's like oh yeah Jesus Lisa you know like <laughs> Put yeah, on a, put on a T-shirt and a pair of panties and call it macaroni. You know, <laughs> I know. Yeah, take uh, the bra off. It's yeah. like a Van Halen T-shirt, and that's <laughs> yeah, all you need. That's it. God, um, some messy hair. That would be cool. Like, I yeah. love the idea. Like, if someone, because this is something that Keon had like talked about. Like, there's an artist who does like. They're like these Renaissance paintings of like, you know, like a bowl of fruits or something. And then there'd be like a small McDonald's fry next to it. And then there'd be like um, a two liter of Pepsi. Like it's combining the old and the new. Mm. I would love like these stills of like movies from the 50s, but like of Grace Kelly on that little like chaise lounge. But like with the tousled hair, like tousled sex hair, wearing a Van Halen T-shirt and like smoking yeah. a cigarette. Like mm -hmm. I love that. I like that. Somebody make that. <laughs> Yeah, and you know that that put that out in the universe. Yeah, that in particular is interesting because Grace Kelly infamously refused to smoke yes, a cigarette. In that's movies. why. Yeah, that's brilliant. I know. That's a great idea. Yeah, I think that would be really good. So yeah, 
yeah, I uh, I would I I did appreciate. It. I feel like the the version we got of this is that last shot of her, you know, crawling up her body in like a pair of little you know sh- little day sneakers, those jeans, and a blouse. And I was like, oh, Grace, you are so hot. I can't even. I know. Stand it. Ugh. Like she's just, a Barbie doll. Yeah. 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 Just fucking beautiful. And of course, I was thinking like. They did have a remake of Rear Window with Christopher Reeve and Daryl Hannah. I have not seen it. Um, I don't. I don't know if it's necessary, but naturally, I think you know if they were to remake Rear Window and in what era, who would I want to see in this role? And I mean, I think there's a lot of options, but I think at a certain time, maybe in like the '90s, this was such a Nicole Kidman kind of role. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know? Uh, well, you know who would be good? Let me let me look up her name because I oh I could picture like a Rosamund Pike. Oh yeah. Nowadays, yeah, yeah. And even I could. I know we're gonna get into Thelma in a little bit uh, too, but like I could almost picture. Who did I write down? She has this like, I don't know, like a Rhea Perlman vibe oh or like God. a like yes, that's what I or wrote like down. Rosie Perez. Like I want Rosie Perez or Rhea Perlman in this role. You know, absolutely. Thelma Ritter is the real Perlman of her time, but Rosie Perez as well would be amazing. Absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I was thinking, like, God, what if this was like you know remade in 1993 with Nicole Kidman and Rhea Perlman? <laughs> I mean, it works for me. It yeah. just does. Yeah. Yeah. I don't care who plays JB, honestly. I'm just Yeah, I don't really care two. either. Yeah. Put Tom Cruise or something sure, in there. Sure. Whatever. Know. Yeah. Um, but indeed, I think that does bring us to uh, Thelma Ritter, who is, you know, a, a an iconic BSA, never won the Oscar, but I think she was nominated like six times. Yeah. So, she's, she's one of those. Yeah. Uh, and I... I've always loved this role. I just, I, and it's, and it's, you know, it's like, it's what Thelma Ritter does. She shows up and she does the Thelma Ritter thing and it always works. And it, it's probably not that different from her character in all about Eve and probably not that different from her character in a lot of other movies, but like, yeah, that's what I want when Thelma Ritter walks in, you know? Yes. Yes. I agree. I, I, there was no way to like articulate this in like the opening line when, of the podcast too, but like one of my favorite moments is when she goes out to try to check the the name of the delivery truck, mm-hmm. and she just looks back and like does that sort of like emoji with like the arms up, like I missed it. Yeah, <laughs> just the, the shrug. Yeah, yeah, the shrug. I was like, ugh, I love her. I love. I her. know she's so great. I really like. Uh, she's such like a you know a, a classic movie version of you know. If I see her name in the cast list, I'm excited. You know, like it's like, yes. oh, you know, uh, you know, the Mary Kay place of her time. I'm like, oh, I love her. I want to see that. Uh, and yeah. I, and I think this character, I mean, if th- this is like the role I would want to play, I mean, it's just Stella gets all the best lines. She's such a and she's such a New York character. And I love that Thelma Ritter is, you know, born in Brooklyn. She's such a New Yorker. And I, she's such perfect casting for this role. I totally agree. One of my other favorite lines was when um, I think JB was like, uh, he's like, would you, what's her character's name again? Stella. Stella. He's like, Stella, would you, what would you, he said something like, would you ever leave your wedding ring at home? And she's like, the only way that someone could get a ring off my finger is if someone chopped it off. And she like holds up her finger. I just loved that. (laughs) (laughs) It was like so silly. Oh, yeah. I, uh, and I just, I, I loved 
as the you know we got towards the end of the movie like there was the one scene of jb and lisa and stella and you know and they've got the binoculars and the and the camera and all that and i just loved this team you know i i, I love the ensemble of like you know the the ornery photographer in the wheelchair and his gorgeous girlfriend and then like the plucky insurance nurse you know i just think that's such a great little combo and yes yeah once stella and lisa go out you know uh investigating i was like this is you just you can't take this for granted like and the combination of grace kelly and thelma ritter is just the weirdest combo and it worked it it just does yeah i I mean, we have to talk about her massage technique, too, because it's just so it's not a good massage, but it's just like, you know, like, I just don't know. Why wasn't she really like digging in and going slow? She made like a choice to go super fast. And like, whoa, it's because his muscles are just like not in use, I'm imagining, is why she has to like. It's so interesting that that's the only part of his body that she's like rubbing down. And then it's like, all right, two minutes, put your put your shirt on. Yeah, I I didn't necessarily understand the the value or the benefit or the purpose of this of this massage because I feel like it it could be something of like well you're not moving around much so it's like to you know keep increase circulation and make sure you don't yeah, get any, like, don't... bed sores but like not for nothing but like his butt is probably a bigger concern because he's just sitting all day you know yeah why I mean. It's it's really ironic too that um you know, best supporting Amanda Kaczynski is in this very position right now with her broken ankle. Oh, that's true. Oh, wow. I mean, we should have had her on the pod. We should yeah we should call her up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she might want to you know look out her window and just you know see what the neighbors are up to. You know, I know out of all the people like her and Jody could solve any oh my any God. crime. That would be so funny if like it was rear window, but. Amanda's JB, Jody Estella on the phone, you know, and on FaceTime. Yes, um, exactly. And then, and like, then Daphne's someone. Maybe yeah. Daphne's Stella, and Jody is Grace Kelly. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna give Jody the Grace Kelly character. Yeah, yes. yeah. Um, Daphne is definitely Stella, and then Ron. <laughs> Ron. Ron, I don't Ron know is who that Ron cop? The, the the not very helpful detective. Yeah, runs that guy like smoking cigarettes out the window, that married yeah. couple or something. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I know this is a lot of inside baseball, but like consider this just like a native promotion of We Love to Hate TV slash We Love to Hate Everything, um, where you can know who all of these characters are. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, to kind of keep you or to continue that, our, our friend Amanda broke her ankle. She's been in the same position for a while. And like as much, I mean, I don't know. I was thinking about it the other day. Like it is the dream in so many ways as far as like being in one place, watching whatever you want and, mm-hmm. and someone like taking care of you and like checking in because she's back in Canada now with her mom and Ron, her stepdad. But um, how much of that would be too much? You know what I mean? Absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, we were talking just before we started recording, you know, just how I've been getting bored with my temporary semi-retirement. Sure. And and I'm glad, like, I'm glad, like, boredom is starting to settle in because it feels like a natural progression towards, okay, I'm not looking to get a day job again, but, like, what else do I want to add into my life? Clearly, there's time and there's space and energy. And, Mm -hmm. like, I so in a way, like, what 
you know, someone like JB or Amanda, the, their situation, it's like, okay, so you can get really bored and then you can just spend another four weeks sitting there doing nothing, you know? And it's like, yeah. and you don't even have the privilege and the opportunity to like get up and go to the supermarket or whatever. Uh, I would go bananas because even getting this like sit and watch garbage TV all day, even after a while, I think that just becomes like, what am I looking at? You know what I mean? Like it just becomes yep. like your brain just starts, I think, get a little mushy, you know? Yeah. Or even if like, you know, for you specifically, like, okay, I'm in bed. I got my computer and my phone and the remote too. Like, what do I do? Or like, maybe I'll get some writing done. You'll, you think. And like, but mm -hmm. like it's anytime you have a, and like, I mean, you're kind of living this right now too. It's like, you have this like potentially sort of, open-ended period of your life where you can really take stock of what you want and where you think you should go and like you have time to do it but uh, it's hard to do that i think that it's just one yeah. because you don't really know what you're looking for but you kind of know what you're looking for and two it's like no one's really you know you're comfortable enough and lucky enough to have like you know some some cushion in the bank of like okay i have time to think about it and you know but i I, I also think it would be too much to kind of go back to just like being in one place. I know it would kill Keon. He would yeah. never survive. Never. Yeah. I um, mean, that's almost like to think about a remake of Rear Window is imagining JB as essentially Keon as that character. Like, what would he do in that situation, you know? Yeah. For Maybe that's the horror just... movie. There's no murder. <laughs> it's just going crazy in an apartment. Yeah. I, I don't know if I'd, I mean, I don't know. I'd want to be in bed for like a week and that's it. You know, yeah. I would just want to be mm -hmm. that. That'd be my limit. But uh, it's tough. I, I think we overestimate how how good it feels to like spend all day in bed. It's like it, it feels good to spend a lot of the day in bed, you know. And then after a while, yes. you're like, oh, I don't know. I'm starting to feel not so good anymore. But yes. Uh, but anyway, I wanted to mention. So, Miss, you know, Lars Thorwald, the, the killer is played by Raymond Burr. Are you familiar with Raymond Burr at all? Do you know Why that name? Why do I know him? It's like even when I saw him, I was like, "You, I feel like I know you, but I don't." So go ahead. So he is best well known as playing for many decades Perry Mason. Uh, oh yeah. Yes, he has yes, been in yes, a, yes. a slew of TV movies and uh, you know the TV series and whatnot. He was also in Speaking of People in Wheelchairs. He was in Ironside. Uh, in which I believe he played a, a detective who is in a wheelchair. So, oh. um, yeah, man, you know, there you go. Sm small world. But there what I go. also love about Raymond Burr is you can't really tell in this movie because what Alfred Hitchcock did was he, you, you know, the white hair and the glasses is all is all disguise. He he made Raymond Burr look more like David Oselznick, who is like the head of the studio and was apparently like you know, very meddling and very difficult to work with. And so Hitchcock, mm. you know, made the killer look like him. But <laughs> I love that. Raymond Burr, and there's, you know, it, it's hard to see in this movie, but he, there, I have such a crush on him. He is so hot in such a certain way. Oh, that's way. who you guys were talking. I yeah. couldn't figure out, you and Johnny were talking about I didn't know if it was him or his detective friend, like the. I mean, officer, you know, but... I wouldn't, I wouldn't kick the detective out of bed, but oh, Raymond Burr, it's like one of, the, it's just, it's the weirdest crush, but. He's uh, oh, there's just something about him. He's 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 just this hunk of a man, and he's Canadian, and he's gay, and he's dead. 
Yeah. So it's like all my favorite things. <laughs> and he's gay. I mean, he's, he's gay. Dead. I mean, he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. I mean, he kind of reminds me almost of, I'm, I need to look up like young Ray, because I could picture him younger. Like I, as soon as you said that he was in, uh, what was the, the TV show again? Why am I Perry just, Mason. Like, Perry Mason. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, yeah. He almost reminds me of like a Brad Garrett type. Yeah, 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 totally. He's got that kind of quality. It's sort of a Brad Garrett meets like, um, uh, do you know the actor actor Patrick Warburton? Hmm, no. If you looked him up, you might recognize his face. But if there's a bit of that, he's, you know, uh, I mean... Uh, there's a you know and and like a slight hangdog quality and he's but it's like ugh, I, that's that's what I like. Oh, you know? Patrick Warburton, yes, he plays Putty in uh-huh. Seinfeld. I think uh-huh. yes, yes, uh-huh. yes. Yeah. Oh yeah, like all of them could be brothers. Like yeah, totally. Brad Garrett, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I'm I'm on board with this. Yes. Yeah, Raymond Burr. It's it's one of my. I mean, there's a lot of hot guys from classic, you know, old Hollywood. Oh like, yes. He's one of my. Uh, He's one of my big crushes. Raymond Burr. Sir. Raymond Burr. Yeah. Uh, mm, warm me up. Burr. I'm cold. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you went there. You did it. I went there. Yeah. I don't care. Um, so any other, I, I, I think, you know, overall, my overall thoughts, I had a great time with this movie. I'm glad we have another Hitchcock movie in our, in yes, our, cata- uh, our canon. Um, did you have any other specific thoughts or questions or points you wanted to talk about? No, not really. I, I really, the one thing I wanted to say earlier is like the apartment I would want most is the musician's apartment. I love yeah. the windows. It's almost like the friend's apartment. Um, totally. Just, yeah. It made me want to have like a raucous piano, sing-along, drunken party. Like I just like everyone's kind of smoking and looking fabulous and drinking. Like I just wanted to be there. Um, but that's the apartment I'd want. Well, fun fact also, the songwriter is played by this guy, Ross Bagdasarian, and he was like the guy behind Alvin and the Chipmunks. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Weird facts. But like, I know. I love that. Yeah. I guess, yeah. I guess he was, I don't remember if he did, I guess he did, he created the characters. Yeah. He's, he's who to blame. Um, And I guess I like recognize that name because I remember watching the cartoon as a kid and remember seeing the name Ross Bagdasarian in the credits and always thinking that was like, it's just like one of those names that jumps out to you when you're eight years old. Oh Um, yeah, sure. The other fun credit is that, uh, the couple that sleeps on the fire escape, of course, Yes, uh, I read this too. Yes, go, yeah, go, go. yeah. Well, the so and this might be because there was a there were a couple details about this, but um, Frank Cady, who plays the man on the fire escape, he's actually a best supporting podcast alum in a way. <gasps> oh, I didn't read this, but go uh, on. Oh, yes. yeah. So this he uh, he plays Mister Daigle in the bad seat. <gasps> Oh my god. Yeah. Oh my god, of course. Oh my god, yes. of course. Yeah, and on Green Aper on Green Apers, on Green Acres and Petticoat <laughs> Junction, he played a character named Sam Drucker. So you know. Um <gasps> Whoa. Hey grandpa, you know. <laughs> <laughs> grandpa. <laughs> that is cool. I thought you were gonna talk about Everyone has an earpiece. Oh, uh, yeah. No, but go Which ahead. I think yeah. is so cool. Um, so everyone, I guess, like, obviously, they would, you know, shoot the scenes from the vantage point of JB's apartment. 
and Alfred Hitchcock would sort of talk to them in these little earpieces and sort of direct them, which I, I just, I love. I read that and I was just so happy to hear. And this the scene where they're sleeping outside, um, mm-hmm. that couple we were just talking about, and it starts to rain, he was telling them both to do contradictory things. I just love that, like, the wife was trying to get the mattress inside, off the fire escape, and he told the other guy to, like, tug it. So it really, like, created this natural sort of... I don't know. It's like sort of moment where they're just like, it just looked really real for lack of a better word, I guess. Right. And I, I just really liked that. Yeah. I love that idea that all of the directing of all the other apartments was, I mean, they were all alone in those apartments. Like it, it's, you know, and we're hanging out there. Like I think, you know, I read like Miss Torso. She just hung out there all the time, you know, and you could basically yeah. live there. And I think that's, I forget about that of like, oh, and even reading the the trivia about like the lighting with the sunrise and sunset, like just realizing, oh, this is, there's a lot of moving pieces here, you know, like there was, there's a lot that went into creating this world. And, you know, I'd read that they, at first they wanted to film this on location, which I would have loved. I love when older movies film on location. It just, it gives it this vibe that's just like, oh, oh wow, this is real. Cause it just didn't happen so often. But I love the world that they created. It's it's just so beautiful. Yeah, I mean, and the one character we didn't really, I feel like there's like a, se- a separate conversation that we could probably talk about real quick with Miss Lonely Heart. Oh, um, Of yeah. just like, I called her Lady in the Green Dress for the longest time too, but I love that little plot. I love, I love that everyone has that moment. I love that, um, uh, you just mentioned her name and why am I forgetting it? The, the one who dances around. Miss Torso. Miss Torso has, uh, you know, a guy in the army that's like half of her height that comes at <laughs> comes home at the end. And like she's been warding off all these like male suitors for him because she's married. And then but going back to Miss Lonely Heart is, is just I just think that's such like a beautiful little story. And like you don't expect like that she, you know, her talking to herself as she's having dinner and then watching her go across the street. I just really loved watching her specifically. Yeah, there's the sense that there's a much bigger story in there. And I think I'd read, maybe you saw this in the trivia, that I think there's a, a book called Miss Lonely Heart, or maybe it's another movie that's all inspired oh. by this character. And it's almost like interesting telling the narrative of Rear Window, but from her point of view. Uh, dig that. into that. But yeah, Miss Lonely Heart is a really fascinating character. And I was just so happy she and the songwriter connected at the end. It was like, oh... I love all of the happy endings, you know? I mean, I guess the, the newlyweds were, you know, not so happily married anymore. But uh, it was just, like, such a relief, mostly for the couple with the dog, you know? Yes. I love that basket idea. I would ne- Would you put Marco in a basket oh, that high up? God, I don't think no, so. I wouldn't even live that high up. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> oh, that's right. That's <laughs> Oh, yeah. No way. Um, let alone put your cat in that Let basket. alone put the cat in there. No. I would. If I yes. had to ever go out on the fire escape, I would strap the cat to me like a bomb. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I totally forgot. I love that I forgot about your height. The height thing. Yeah. It's a height oh. thing. Yeah. So, um, well, I think... It was. It, were there any other before we close this rear window uh, for Ooh, the summer? Nice. No, I feel good. I am really looking forward to like catching this. I mean, not on TV because I don't have cable, but like I would love to just like have this on one day, mm. or just like it, like be doing stuff around the house or like cleaning up the bedroom and just like have this on. I just like I really thought this was such a perfect little movie, and I really enjoyed it. 
Yeah, I, I agree. This was, I think this is, uh, of Alfred Hitchcock's, I think this is one of his best movies. I think it's really um, beautiful and there's a lot to, you know, to rediscover and, you know, yeah, there's just kind of like, I, I think that's really funny to leave it on because it's like, you're just, it, then you're just, you know, it's as if your TV is yes. JB's apartment window and you're yes. just, you know, I mean, that'd be a, an amazing like screensaver. It's just like, you know. Uh, oh, I love that. The courtyard, you know, and, and and it's all, you know, you can see people moving around in their apartments. You can hear music and hear people talking and you hear the little dog barking like that'd be amazing. Yeah, that shot of like, is it the opening shot of like when they're just like going out OJB's window and then it just like opens uh-huh. up and there's so much life like I love that shit. I want that to be in like this year's Oscar montage. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I just, yeah, I think that's. It might not be iconic, maybe, but like it is to me now. I just like I was just I love I loved it. I really love this movie. Yeah, yeah, this was a fun one, and this was your idea. Mm-hmm. So thank you for yeah, uh, you know, bringing this one around. Um, yes, and I'd love to say more, but we are of course being played off. Of course, of course. Well, uh, where can folks find more of you? Uh, they can find me on my other podcast, The Good Vanilla, which is a Barefoot Contessa podcast. Um, and they can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Nick Kochanov. How about you? Well, you can get more of me on my other two podcasts, All Right Mary, where we're currently covering Dragula and Drag Race UK and Canada's Drag Race on Patreon. Uh, and you can get more of me on In the Details, a celebration of nuance. And you can get more of me on Twitter at Colin Drucker and Instagram at Colin Drucker underscore. And you can get more of both of us on Twitter in a best supporting capacity at BSA pod. Or you can send us an email at the BSA pod at gmail.com. Well, if ever there was a time to keep your peepers peeled, <laughs> it's this week because this best sporting after show is almost more anticipated than the mass episode. Yeah. It's like the mass and hour, the hours put together. Yes. Yes. This is going to be, this For is all the be, wrong reasons, but yes. exactly the right reason. Yeah, and uh, you know, so please be sure to tune in tomorrow to the Best Supporting After Show because we have a lot to catch up on. Yes, we'll keep you in suspense. Yeah, and that, as they say, is that. <laughs> <laughs>